0: Hey there, happy Groundhog Day and welcome to another episode of the Home for All podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Moss. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're returning for more timely ACAR information, welcome back. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different for us. We're in the throes of convincing a local city council to adjust some legislation that we feel could be detrimental not only to residents in our footprint, but detrimental to our real-term members as well. With me today to discuss this all-important issue is our Vice President of Government Affairs, Jamie McMillan, and our ACAR CEO, Mike Valerino. This is going to be enlightening, so like we always say, grab your coffee and your earbuds and make this spot your home for the next few minutes. We're happy that you're here. Car Home for All podcast is a biweekly production where we will host interviews, facilitate conversations, and talk about what's happening in the world of real estate. We'll introduce you to the important people in your community and help you learn how to grow your real estate related business. This is an adult show and some adult language might occasionally creep into the conversation. So let's move forward and find out what makes Northeast Ohio the best home for all. Well, welcome, Jamie and Mike. It's great to have you both back in the studio today. Uh, today's discussion is what Jamie works so hard for ACAR here on a, a teeny bit of your of your million things to do list, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you do what you do best, and I'm going to sit back here and kind of just listen to you guys talk and, and discuss what's been happening with this particular issue.
1: Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Kelly. Um Hello everyone, it's Jamie McMillan, Vice President of Government Affairs here at ACAR. I'm so glad to be joined today, I think for the first time ever on the podcast with our CEO, Mike Valerino. Hi
2: everybody, happy to be here.
1: Um, we have been very busy for the last four or five months working on um, a piece of legislation out of Cleveland that was proposed by Mayor Bibb and his team. It's widely known as Residents First. Um for those of us that follow ordinances, it was Ordinance 1039-2023. Um, but it it looks at vacant properties, rental regulations, local agent in charge, commercial and residential. Uh, there's a number of different things that are in there impacting housing, real estate across the board. Um, for us, just. So everyone knows there were really kind of four things that we've been focused on in our efforts over these last several months, which have included I don't even know how many meetings and phone calls and sidebars and letters and emails. Um, The local agent in charge, of course, is, is problematic for us. We're a trade association for real estate professionals. And so when we see a city introduce an ordinance that has local agent in charge, we're always concerned about what that definition is. And in this case, the local agent that's named by the owner of a property would be equally as uh, responsible as the actual property owner. So criminally, financially, everything. So if you are working with an owner, they're not doing what they're supposed to, the city can't get a hold of them, you're on the hook. It's, It's a major concern for our members. Um and something that we've been working to try to get some changes to the other piece, there are expanded rental regulations and inspections and fees, um, that we're frankly concerned, uh, are going to end up being passed on to the tenant. And so there's, I think legit concern that this could exacerbate, uh, the housing affordability crisis that we're seeing, not just here, but across the country, um, vacant, uh, vacant homes, would be subject to a point of sale inspection, interior and exterior. Um, until very recently, thanks to our efforts, I believe, and some other uh, organizations that have been working on this issue, there was a minimum $5,000 escrow. If there was even one problem found on the inspection report, you would have to put a $5,000 escrow in place. They have since waived or taken out that, that escrow component. Um, I mentioned commercial, commercial is not exempt from this. So there's a vacant commercial building and industrial, uh, property registration component that, uh, comes with pretty significant fees, uh, annual administrative fees. And the part that I find the most troublesome, uh, required bonds, if your property is 10,000 square feet commercial, uh, 10,000 square feet or less, minimum $5,000 bond. If it's over 10,000, minimum $15,000 bond that the city can then draw down on to pay that administrative fee or make repairs if if they need to step in. So those are just four highlights. It's a, sorry, I bumped the mic. Uh, uh, those are just the highlights. It's It's a 41-page ordinance the amendments, um, that Mike's going to talk a little bit about that we heard about earlier this week. Um, there were a result of earlier this week that was an additional nine to 11 pages, depending on the version that you have. Um, it's a lot, there's a lot to sift through. Um, and so you know, A submitted a letter with a lot of our concerns that I just highlighted, and we also offered up solutions. It was very important to us that we not just say here are the problems, but we gave alternative solutions. And so, um, I want to ask Mike, who was able to go with a couple realtors um, Tuesday to the Development Planning and Sustainability Committee meeting, and was able to share, you know, our testimony and concerns on this topic. So, Mike, how was that experience? What What did you think?
2: Well, I thought it was a great experience. Um, I, I found um, the, the council committee to be um, really interested in, in what our group had to say. So I was joined by two realtors, um, uh, John Lynch and Dave Sharkey uh, from uh, Keller Williams and Progressive Urban, respectively, uh, which is always uh, really valuable because, you know, I'm I can go and and speak on behalf of of our you know sixty five hundred realtor members, but it also helps them to hear from practitioners mm-hmm. uh, directly, okay. and especially uh, in this case, two practitioners who both live in the city of Cleveland um, and have a, a a deep history in um, in in helping to address uh, housing challenges in in the city of Cleveland and. You know, I, I think the one thing that I that I really hope that we got across and and, and tried to is that, um, you know, we we all see the same we see the same challenges that are out there. You know, and and council is very concerned because uh you know of what they see when they're when they're uh, driving through neighborhoods, um, and they see what's going on with some of the housing stock and and uh, vacant properties. Um, and, and this is not a, a new challenge. It's something that um, they've been seeing for years and years and years. And from what I understand right now, uh, it, it's it's really kind of the worst that it's been. Um, but uh, ACAR is really at the table and wants to be at the table to help address these, um, these challenges. And what we see is different ways different ways to get there. Um, our, our, concern really is that the, um, the proposed legislation, uh, is, is not a good solution to the problem and it's going to be, uh, harmful to housing in the city of Cleveland. Um, and, and we see, we see a different way to get there. And, uh, I, I, hope in that, in that meeting that we were able to, um, to get that across and, and, and I think that we were, and 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 really, kind of when we walked away, it was uh, afterwards. It was kind of in the spirit of, uh, and, and I think um, a couple of people on council even said, "Hey, you know, we should be working together more um, in in the future. We would like to be at the table at the, from the beginning right. um, to help come up with with good solutions for for these problems that we that we all see."
1: Yeah, and I, I should say, too, at the very beginning when this was being crafted, before it was even, I think, public knowledge that it was being crafted, there was no one from the real estate industry at the table. And I think that's where a lot of our frustration comes in because a lot of these things could have been discussed before it was even, you know, dropped and or written as an official ordinance. Um, we did the letter. Mike gave testimony. We also um, – engaged our members in a way that we don't typically do but in my opinion this is probably the single most important advocacy effort that we've had since the lead paint rule or lead lead safe certification in in Cleveland a few years ago Um, so we issued a call for action and council heard from hundreds of our members which is amazing uh, folks that live in Cleveland, folks that work in Cleveland, um, and we did that because yes, it's good that they hear from their from realtors who actually live in Cleveland. But we all know we're as as big as our area is. You could work live in Akron and you're still working in Cleveland. And so what happens in one community is important to our entire membership, not just the folks that are living there. And so if you didn't get that call for action. I'm going to do a shameless plug right now. Text realtors to three zero six four four, and that will opt you into our Realtors mobile alert system. And that is how we can make bigger impact. Um, I know. I know we had two realtor realtors that joined you, Mike. Did you notice a different impact when they were speaking? How did you? How important do you think it is that realtors get engaged?
2: Yeah, it's it's absolutely crucial because. Um, they, they are, you know, the, Dave and, and John, um, have been, um, helping and selling the city of Cleveland for, for a long time. They're very familiar, um, with, with, um, with the housing market there and and they're, you know, they're really boots on the ground and, and as, as staff, and like I said, we're able to go and represent our 6,500 members, but to hear directly from, from, um, Practitioners, I think it, it makes a huge difference uh, because you know they they can agree. We all want to see um, the same thing. We all want to see a, a positive uh, outcome from this. And when they hear directly from you know Dave's Dave's company has been in um, in in the city of Cleveland um, and and has been a strong supporter of the city of Cleveland for for years and years and years. And and um, he's truly invested there. As many of our members are. So the more, the more they can hear from realtors in, you know, who live in the city of Cleveland and work in the city of Cleveland, uh, the greater impact we can have.
1: So thinking back to your observations in the committee meeting, Mike, do you think that there are any misconceptions out there that we need to communicate differently?
2: Oh, there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, and, you know, I think a big one is about um, about point of sale, um, which you know we know is a barrier to home ownership. We know it's a huge um, problem. and um, th- there's a misconception that um, that point of sale ordinances help you to uh, maintain the quality of your housing stock. and it's it's just not true. Right. you're You're holding different properties to uh, a different set of standards. Um, and and I think there's a misconception that uh, all point of sale ordinances are the same. That's something I wish we had more time at the meeting to uh, to talk about because uh, most of the conversation around point of sale was uh, in the communities that have it is do they have it or do they not have it? And it seems that the um, there's a misconception that that it's a that it's a, a black or white either you have point of sale or you don't. And and that's not the case. There's a wide spectrum right. of of uh, ordinances that are out there from you know exterior only to just you know smoke alarm smoke detectors um you know to to full interior exterior and um the, it's it's a really wide spectrum um, mo- they're mostly all different and the the proposed legislation right now is on the the very extreme end of of that spectrum yeah. and and why we think that that's most problematic so i, I really think that that's kind of the biggest misconception in the room right now
1: yeah and as we're continuing our work on this um that's one of the things that we're going to help hopefully convey you know this is not the right policy for cleveland the trend is actually rolling back that policy um because it doesn't work it's it's very specific to very small pockets across the country if point of sale was something that actually worked you would see it in every community, in every state across the country, and it's just not the case. Um,
2: and when you say it's a trend, I mean, that's a that's a long-term trend. It's a yeah. trend that's been going on for a decade or so right? Uh, in terms of the rollbacks.
1: Right, right. People recognize it's a barrier to homeownership. You know, if we're, if we're going to have a conversation about making sure that people can buy a home in the community that they want to live in, you shouldn't have policies like this that make it more challenging and add additional obstacles that need to be overcome. Um, One of the other pieces that we've been working on, um, well, I guess before I get to that, speaking of these rollbacks, one of the things that has kind of helped with those rollbacks is a number of different court cases that have happened in Ohio that really started, I want to say it was 2018, um, down in Portsmouth, which is kind of at the southern tip of Ohio, but there was a case there that, uh, found rental inspections and associated fees unconstitutional. And that kind of opened the door and set precedence for a case in Oakwood, not our Oakwood, Oakwood in Southern Ohio. Um, and then also here locally in Bedford, um, where their point of sale and or rental inspections were also found to be unconstitutional when you're mandating, um, Inspection fees that you have to do before you can transfer a property or have a tenant living there, um, those are not voluntary. You're being restricted by the government on how you can use your property, which is a constitutional right that you have. Um, And so the precedence is there. Um, And then even just most recently, North Canton – Ha, is in a lawsuit now with uh, property owners, um, over the use of administrative warrants, which is also included in this residence first package. And so, you know, we would really caution the city to slow down. Let's really, you know, take a look at this again and make sure that we're not doing, um, harm or causing unintended consequences. Um. Mike, when you were there, were there other stakeholders that presented testimony at all, or was it us in the city?
2: There was um, there was a judge.
1: Oh, Judge um, Scott. She's the housing court judge.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So this morning, um, on the day of this recording, I had I've met and spoke with several stakeholders today and in the last couple days. There are significant groups who are impacted by this, who had no clue that this was going on. No one from the city had reached out, um, to their knowledge anyway. Uh, and so there are, I think big gaps of information missing that city council probably needs to hear. And so again, we're going to urge council to, to slow down and hear from more stakeholders. This is too important of a piece of legislation to suspend the rules and do all three readings on Monday night. It's just, it's too important.
2: The judge's testimony I think was very helpful to us as well because um, she was really illustrating the enforcement problem that that the city has um, based on on her experience and what she's seeing come um, come before the court. Um, And that's something that I also think that we were able to, uh, to convey to some of the members of of council that, that were there, um, is that the, the challenges that they have and that we see can be addressed better through enforcement of code that they already have on, on the books. Right. And, and, um, this, this legislative package, you're really just biting off more than you can chew, because if you can't enforce what you already have, you know, I, I don't, really have any faith that they can um, in, in, enforce h- how cumbersome this new package is. There's so yeah. much to it.
1: Yes, you're right. And I agree 100%. That was one of the things that we've said. And, and I think some of the members of council are even starting to echo what's going on with this department. Why, for years? year, this isn't a new problem. This is something that's been going on, I would say maybe for decades, where there's just a challenge with enforcement. And unfortunately, I think it's well known that there's a challenge with enforcement
2: yeah they would be better off working on workforce development and and um building up that that uh department Mm -hmm. and to make it run um efficiently and and productively um with the code that they have right right now
1: so they've heard from a number of stakeholders including you know realtors who are doing business in the city that live in the city It's also, I think, really important that they hear from residents who live in the city. And so, you know, I would encourage you to go to ClevelandResidenceLast.com. We are legitimately concerned that this is going to hurt tenants, hurt small business owners in the form of increased rents. And again, we're in a very complex market, not just here, but across the country. And I think this is the type of thing that could really really hurt people when I think the intent is right. They want to help folks, want to help the neighborhood, make sure that Cleveland is a healthy, thriving um, community for everyone. But I, I just don't believe, and our members don't believe that this is the right path.
2: R- Rents in the city of Cleveland are already uh, significantly higher than what um, a household with, with mm-hmm. an average income in the city can, can afford. Yeah, um, they, they really can't bear any more increases in rent and and when you see uh, all of these new costs that 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 would be added in um, in addition to costs and expenses that uh, are already in place um, it's a challenge for investors Um, you know invest investors i I think have been vilified a little bit in in this process they're important because they're they're housing providers they they do provide a good service um, and and they cannot just absorb all of um, all of these extra costs that that's just the way running a business works and right. when you're when your expenses go up well then then your then your rents are going to have to go up and we we really don't want to see that happen
1: so i know at that committee meeting uh, they passed several pages of amendments um, they did add some language that would Um, have the seller indemnify the identified local agent in charge. But the very next line of that amendment says that the city will make every uh, good faith effort to hold the actual owner responsible, but at its sole discretion will still go after the local agent uh, in charge. So that to me is just not the right language, it feels a little meaningless is the word that I would use. Um, it, I, I was stunned when I read that and a little surprised, they did waive the escrow for the point of sale. And again, the point of sale is on vacant homes. Um, and they did, I think, reduce some of the rental fees significantly. But I don't think that these amendments are going far enough. I'd like to see them If we have to keep point of sale, then let's just do exterior only. If you're really concerned about how properties look and how that impacts the neighborhoods, then you you don't need to be on the inside of a home. Do the exterior inspection. Um, Generally speaking, for our efforts, we encourage systematic exterior only inspections of all properties because then to your point, Mike, every property is being treated the same. Systematic exterior of all properties, then that way, no matter who um, the bad actor is or where that property is located, it's going to be addressed at and some we, point.
2: We know that something like 87% of, of home buyers are hiring their own private inspectors That's right. Who, who then work on behalf of the buyer. They're not working for the city, they're working for the buyer in the buyer's best interest to make sure... Um, that 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 the home is safe mm-hmm. um, for them to, to come into. So that that service is it is happening already.
1: That's right. So Kelly, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Potentially a vote Monday this coming Monday. Right, uh, As in February, three days from yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> February 5th, I think. <clears throat> yeah, that's correct. That, that's where we're at. So
0: the the in the information that that you both have shared today is. As I sit here and listen to all this again, because I, I watched the live stream uh, while you were testifying, Mike, and, and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, does not do people not see that what it's going to do in the long run? So I'm hoping that our little podcast here can, can motivate a few more people to let the legislators know where we stand. Um, do you want to let the listeners know how to
1: express their opinions on this topic? Where do they need to go? Sure. So... I will refer you to two places. First, com. We've got some basic information there about uh, Ordinance 1039, and there's also a call to action where you can send a message. Or um, if you go to the Cleveland City Council website, and we'll drop that link, they have a public comment page. Um, If you want to speak at the council meeting Monday night, you have to submit um, your request to do so, I believe they only accept 10, like the first 10 folks, but there's also an option to submit an online comment. Excellent. Um, and I don't know that there's a limit on that. So that, or contact, you know, the members of council, and especially if you're a resident, contact the members of council individually and send them a message or give them a call. Um, they need to hear from, from more people. I agree. I absolutely agree. So I want to thank Mike uh, for join- joining me here today and really stepping up and representing ACAR at that committee meeting um, and, and also being a voice just throughout this process. He serves on the LeadSafe Safe um, Steering Committee, and so it's good to have us, whether it's us on staff or realtors, at every table. So thank you for joining me today. Um, I want to thank you, our listeners, for downloading, listening, and subscribing to the ACAR Home for All podcast. Be sure to check back with us for our next episode, and I hope until we meet again that you're finding your very own meaning of Home for All.